Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm a girl, Jessie May. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I'm in my childhood bedroom, packing to go back to L.A. Well, before I go back to L.A., my mother and I are going to go to the gym together because that's how we roll. Her and I show up to the gym just in our adorable outfits. Nancy puts on a full face of makeup for the gym because she's not fucking around. And we look for new husbands. It's a sport. <laughs> my mother gets it on at the gym more than anyone I've ever seen in my life. And we just have a great time. So that's what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to head back to L.A. And uh, just live my life. But I've been out here. I was doing shows in Miami. Shout out to everybody who came to shows in Key West in Miami. Uh, you guys can hear my voice because I just woke up within the hour. I was like, oh, let me podcast real quick. I woke up within the hour. And uh, thanks to everybody who came to my Albany shows. We had a great time in Albany. The new club that opened across the across the uh, hallway from Albany, the Funny Bone, they were, it's a music club, and the, mu- the guitarist from The Doors was playing the night I was trying to tell jokes. So basically my, joke, my jokes were interrupted by The Doors' gu- guitarist. So there's that, living my, living my truth. <laughs> I haven't had coffee yet. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we had a great weekend with Marty Caproni, my, my brother from another mother. And uh, Mackenzie, who was there hosting with us. So we had a fun time. We went kayaking. We natured so hard. We went to the Hudson River, which I would not recommend letting your skin touch. I have to be honest. uh, That river water got in my mouth on accident. And now I smell like river rot. Just just consistent river rot. (laughs) We went kayaking so hard. I think my favorite part of the kayaking was when Marty swam up, well not swam up, boated up, rode up. He rode up to a couple of these guys who were fishing and they had a rather large fish in their hand and Marty goes, did you get that here? And the guy said, no, I brought it from home. <laughs> did you get that from here? Where do you think he got it, Marty? Come on. Where the fuck do you think he got it? You know, he, he, he's he's on the river. You think the fish just was in the in the bushes? <laughs> well, I got high in a kayak this weekend. It was wonderful. It was it was really delightful. Just to be in nature for a little bit. Man, you need that. You forget how much you need that. We're constantly inundated with, you know, technological devices and data and coding and algorithms that just to get back to trees is is pleasant. I uh, speaking of trees. <laughs> I'm going to get high and go to the gym, and I cannot fucking wait. I am going to be, let's see, live. Where can you see me live? Well, June 21st, the longest day, summer solstice, I'm going to be hosting on Confetti on Facebook Live, Facebook Live's version of HQ Trivia. So if you want a chance to win some money, watch me on Confetti on Facebook Live, June 21st, and August 8th, 9th, and 10th, I believe, I'm going to be at the Omaha Funny Bone. Come check that out. I've added a bunch of college dates. I'm going to be doing a little mini college tour in Pennsylvania in September. Um, The end of July, 17th to the 26th, I will be at the Montreal Comedy Festival, JFL. I'll be doing the entire festival. So if if you've ever been there, it's a lot of fun. And if you're ever looking to travel to a beautiful city that's not too far from the United States. Montreal is just a beautiful, beautiful city. I'm going to be at the Albright College in Reading, Pennsylvania, September 10th. I'm going to be in Scranton University, September 12th. Um, I'm putting something from, uh, I think I'm going to be doing Pleasantville, New York in September. A bunch of other dates. KC Improv, September 19th. University of Kansas, September 20th. A bunch of dates, a bunch of t- opportunities to see me. jessiemay.com for tickets. Come see your girl live. And you guys should know a portion of ticket sales go towards the Alzheimer's Association. And don't forget to check out the Alzheimer's Association longest day ever for June 21st, where you can yourself 
do a little bit of charity and fundraising for the Alzheimer's Association. I read this really interesting article about Pfizer that my friend Christopher McClure sent to me and um, about a rheumatoid arthritis drug, Embril, Embril, I think, that they discovered could help reverse and even prevent Alzheimer's disease, but Pfizer decided to not do the trials because they wouldn't make money because the drug is ending its 20-year patent, and that's when generic drugs can come up, and they don't make as much money off of their initial drug. So, hey, there's some uplifting news for you guys. (laughs) The one thing keeping us from discovering preventative measures and maybe some medications to help people who have been suffering for a long time. Money! Money, 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 money! Money's not even real. Money's just a concept that a bunch of quote-unquote rich dudes created to make us all feel inferior so they can control us like lambs. You guys know that story. (laughs) Fuck. Let's just live in a van down by the river, I think. That's what we need to do. I just want to live in a like a cabin in the woods with my llama farm and just be, that's, that's it. That's all I want. I keep getting these fucking emails about Father's Day deals and I want to be like, hey, hey guys, uh, mine's dead. So I won't be buying that, those socks that you have on sale because my dad doesn't have any ankles. <laughs> I literally have screenshot at least three of the Father's Day emails that I've gotten just for the holiday sale. They have, I'm going to make a collage and put it on Instagram. (laughs) Shout out to anybody who's in the Dead Dads Club. This is my first Father's Day without him. I will be in Vegas, so I feel like I'll be, you know, he'll be there in spirit because my father loved to gamble, and I'll be with my sister. So we're just going to go and, like, gamble like crazy in his honor and uh, just, you know, represent the Dead Dads Club to the thickest as, as much as we can. Shout out to anybody in the Dead Dads Club. You're not alone, okay? Well, you're not alone. Your dad might be right behind you. Just kidding. He's dead. Or his ghost might be there. I don't know. Let me know. T- send me in your ghost stories, you know? We're still doing this bitch, this bitch segments about bitches in your life. They could be male or female that treat you wrong. Maybe, you know, there's an incident in your life where something happens with another person and you're like, this bitch... I want to hear those stories. Send those stories to me. I'm going to do another z- this, bic- this Bitch segment next week for the next um, Sharp Tongue podcast episode. Email those to jessiemay at mac.com. And in the subject title, put This Bitch and tell me a quick story about somebody who treated you wrong and I can give you some advice on it. Because you know what? I am the poor girl's Tony Robbins. I'm a budget life coach. You can't afford a real one? Come to me. I'll give you some budget-ass advice. And uh, I'm excited about this week's episode. I got to sit down with one of my favorite people from the comedy store. And he's just a delightful human being. You know, sometimes there's cunts and then there's delightful people. He's, he's the latter. He's, he's a delightful person, very funny, always smiling, and is just his energy is amazing. And we have a lot in common, kind of like that episode with Eric Rivera, I realized how much I have in common with this particular individual. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode with the very funny Mr. Frank Castillo. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary, a deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. I talk about my dog sometimes. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me.
What's up, everybody? We're back in action on the Sharp Tongue Podcast. It's your girl, Jessie May. I am excited to bring you a cool discount for Hakuna Supply. You guys know I've got my stash boxes, my stash jars, rolling trays, grinders for all of your herb needs. Or you could put your jewelry in it or the jars you can store cotton balls in. Hey, you don't have to be a pot smoker to contribute to the Jesse May Fund. <laughs> but by purchasing something from Hakuna Supply, you're also giving back because we've aligned ourselves with a couple different charities. HakunaSupply.com forward slash Jesse May. And if you use code Jesse May CBD, you get 15% off your entire purchase. They also have really delicious CBD infused coffee. They actually have teas that are infused with CBD and CBD flower. I don't know if you guys knew that CBD comes from a plant and you can actually smoke it just like you smoke marijuana minus the high effect. It gives you an overall a feeling of well-being kind of. It's just a, you know, gets you so you don't swear at people in the grocery store line. They also have um, just a whole bunch of stuff for your needs. So Jesse May CBD is the code. HakunaSupply.com forward slash Jesse May is the website. Coming with us this week, we have the infamous, the adorable, the hilarious, <laughs> Frank Castillo. Hello. Hello. How many people say Castillo? Uh, a lot. I'm actually surprised <laughs> at how many people say Castillo. Castillo. Yeah, they nail it. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a good job. I, I, I uh, have some Spanish friends. Oh, okay. And I have uh, a respect for when there's a couple letters mm-hmm. in a name that's non-white that I ask if I'm saying it right. And this <laughs> time I was 99% confident because I had Dustin Ibarra uh-huh. on before. And I was like, is it the roll? Are we rolling these R's, bro? I can't roll my R's, which is so embarrassing. You can't? I can't. I Are you can't. from here? I'm from California. My whole family speaks Spanish. Do you? Uh, just, I don't. It's just like <laughs> my, one side of my, like the other Mexican side of my family was like, nah, he's got to speak English. Trust me. We know what's coming. You, he's just got to speak English. You don't speak it at all. I speak a little bit, but I don't have like the accent or anything. Like wow. some of my aunts are very like just thick accent. Yeah. And then like one whole side, like you have one whole side that's very traditional, one whole side that's very like Mexican, like East LA. Yeah. So both of your parents are from? America. America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my grandparents. Grandparents are from, are from yeah, Mexico. Yeah. yeah. On one side, the other ones, it's like they're from Hayward. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then like two generations before that, then they're from Mexico. <laughs> That's wild, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, how long not. how long have you been doing stand up for? Uh I've been doing it for I started when I was twenty one. Uh so it's three years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I wish. I turned thirty on the twenty sixth. Oh, that's you're fine. I know. Uh, you're totally fine. Yeah. Thirty still feels like, you know, oh, there's so much future left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait till you get to like thirty five, you're like, ah fuck. I literally had made a joke about how like uh I was like from like thirty and then like to thirty two, it's like you gotta I you gotta like have something by 32 you better have some shit figured out by 32 i have a friend who like uh went to like like had a real bad like drug problem where i run out of high school and i remember all of us were just like oh man and now she like has turned her whole life around yeah i was gonna say that's a good time to get a drug problem for real no no she turned her whole life around like she (laughs) like her kids back in her life she's like killing it and we're all like super proud of her and there's like a part of me that's like Damn, she fucking did it. You know she what I mean? Like it. she fucking ten year switch. Like man, that's a great way to just be like, I'm still on top. You yeah, know? that's a great time to have a drug issue because you still have time to sort of 100%. rehabilitate yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, it was. But if we get into it, like if I were to start meth now, mm-hmm. I mean, oh, bye. So done. My yeah. dogs are gone. Uh-uh. They're taking my dogs. Uh-huh. Anytime where you do something where somebody has to confiscate your animals, you're, you're done. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. You know, like kids is one thing, but if they like take your emotional support, yeah. fair, fluffy, ugh. Not fluffy. Fucking fluffy. <laughs> How long have you been at the store? I've been working at the store since I was 20, uh, 25. Yeah, 25. You're, I feel like you're kind of like the... Um you're kind of like the mayor there for me. That's so funny. A lot of people, not like mayor there, but a lot of people say that. Yeah. Like a lot of like young, not like young people, but a lot, because I'm at this like interesting period of like being not in the middle, but like kind of just. You're you know. like, you're like a, you're, you're a staple there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really are, you know, and I feel like because you're working there and you're doing comedy, there's so many, like people don't realize like so many of the door people and people who work at the store actually are mm-hmm. involved in trying to be stand-ups or yeah, doing yeah, yeah. comedy but you know your whole your whole ride has been 
yeah. unique. Yeah, people really rock with it. It's interesting. Anytime I go to like another club, there's always like a manager who's like, I know who you are. And yeah. it's not because of like, they just know the story. They're right. like, you still work at the store? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh my God. And they're like, I'll, they'll introduce me to their young guys that are comics too. Um, it's a weird thing of like weird respect. Yeah. And, and I is. really like that. My dad loves that too. I talk to him, like he talks to me about that all the time. Like when he comes to the store, he's very proud of me. Like Aww. he's always proud of me, but he's like, the thing that I'm the most proud of is like when I come to the store, people are like, your son's cool. Yeah. You have a good son. And they like dap him up. And he loves, he's like super machismo Mexican. So he fucking <laughs> loves that shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's he like he's I don't like. Know why that makes me laugh thinking of your dad like this. Have you seen him? He's like oh, six foot seven, Dodgers outfits all the time. Six foot seven. He's not six foot seven. I was he's like, like what? He's like six feet. Okay. Uh, he just Dodgers outfits all the time. He <laughs> looks like a cholo, um, and it's the funniest thing. He looks like he just got out of San Quentin. It's hilarious. <laughs> What's his name? Frank Castillo. Oh, you're a junior. No, I'm Frank Anthony Castillo because he didn't want me to be a junior. Rude. Well, only because he kind of he was just like Mexicans and he's juniors. They're kinda, it's like he just didn't want me to have to right. go through bullshit like that. Right, with within the culture, hundred percent dealing with yeah, people yeah, yeah. talking shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I'm always like Frankie, and he's always gonna be Frank. That's adorable. What it, does your dad do? He he works at Safeway. He manages uh, like the dairy department at Safeway, oh, and his kids so are out of town. Like all of his kids don't live at home, and he's just like he's fucking. Is he loving it? Oh, he loves just it. Loves his life. But also, it's really interesting because he's a big bar fly. He loves. He's just stuff. Uh, fucking dude's dude he loves knocking them back playing Sounds pulling like my shit. Dad. yeah it, you're you are my dad is like every other dad's like best friend it's crazy <laughs> it's ridiculous anytime i introduce my parents to other people's parents because it's usually like you meet people's parents and they're like very well to do they have like you yes know, ties they're proper they've, yeah, become, yeah. they've become adults exactly like my dad comes in he's very much still like like you're like yo does this dude like an ra at a college like what the fuck's <laughs> going on like it's so funny Frank. dude he's the he's he he <laughs> blows my mind sometimes what does your mom do uh my mom uh is she doesn't work she raises two kids they're separated yeah yeah so my mom's remarried she has two young kids whoa how young uh nine and eleven yeah they're that's bizarre they're hilarious it was yeah (laughs) it was like i remember me and my mom we didn't get into it but we talk shit to each other all the time because she's a huge shit talker that's nice so like when uh i was 18 when she had my first sister so That's my first so sibling. Strange. So I was just remember looking at her and I was just like, you know, I was like, bro, it's me that's supposed to get a girl pregnant. I you, you know what I mean? You're like you're not the one supposed to having kids at 18 right and now. And also you know? like it's been 18 years yeah, since I'm a like, baby has traveled through your womb. I'm like, yo, you were almost out. Yeah, what you happened? You almost out of the game. Your body was like, okay, your body literally is like sweeping up the 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 room you know just mm-hmm. cleaning up the locker room hanging up the jersey and then it's like well guess we're putting this jersey I'm, back I'm on coming back in we're coming yeah, yeah. Back in. and my siblings are my favorite they're so funny i have three of them total uh melina ace and um maceo are they all like half siblings yeah but yeah. you know mexicans you know, yeah you know. it's the same it's yeah. all the same it's yeah, all yeah. the same thing uh, yeah. but they're uh, hilarious they're they, they call me all the time like my little brother wants to be a comedian oh and boy he, dude Oh no, bro! It's like we don't my, need anymore. Dude, tell my, them we're good. Tell them we're stocked. Dude, my mom like she tells me she's like I can't handle this kid sometimes. She was he's like, such a shit talker, and he just is just ridiculous all the time. Like they were chilling, and uh, apparently like they were like on a walk, and like my mom was like walking with him, and he was walking behind her, and she was like, "Oh my god, a bug!" And then she was just like, "All right, whatever." And they just kept walking. And he goes, "Mom, butterflies don't taste like butter." And my mom was like, what? And he goes, yeah, I ate like two butterflies. <laughs> and like, so my mom's like rushing him upstairs and like worried sick, like calling the doctor and stuff. And then my little brother just starts laughing. He's like, I didn't, I didn't eat anything. That's kind of creepy. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Creepy. He's the creepy. worst, but it's so funny. <laughs> he's just like, dude. Well, he gets it from her. Yeah, he happens. really does. Like, um, there was like a time where like, uh, I remember <laughs> my little sister and my brother were sitting there. And my little brother was like, what should we get mom for Christmas? And my sister was like a fucking minute. <laughs> And my mom was like, that is so funny because she also cusses so much in front of the kids oh, and she's like, this kid said God. fuck the other day. I'm like, you realize they pick up you everything. say fuck all the time. We had, I remember my nephew when he was like, Isaiah was like three and it was Christmas time and we're all sitting, we're all having like, um, you know, those white Russians, yeah, yeah, yeah. real like classic holiday drink. And, and my mom, Isaiah's on my mom's lap and Krista, his mom is next to her. And we're just showing how smart he is. We're like, what does a cow say? And he's like, moo. 
we're like, what does a cat say? And he says, meow. And what does a pig say? And he said, oink, oink. And I was like, what does mommy say? And he said, bad words. <laughs> it's like, man, little kids, they know. Dude, they do. They know what's up. They're so, there's, I mean, I, I, I want kids eventually, but it's like, I, you know, I love doing the stand-up stuff that it's like, I know it's never, it's not going to happen for a while. My fiance yeah, also doesn't want to have kids for a while either. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, like another decade. Yeah, my dad straight up told me, he was like, I'm ready to be a grandfather. Wait a decade. Like, Dudes, not... you guys are good. And t- you, you can, oh, absolutely. You can be a dad in your 70s. Oh, it's I, weird. I'll adopt. Yeah. Adopt, whatever. But you could be like an old ass dad. Mm-hmm. Old moms are just look like witches. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's not like... They got a cauldron? Yeah, women, we don't have the same pass that you guys get. <laughs> it's like, what is, what is that lady doing? It's selfish. And then you Oof. see a dude who has a kid. Good for him. He's still knocking it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still I, stuffing the sausage. I want to be an old dad because then it's like, I want to be able to be dead by the time I got to pay for college. <laughs> Genius logic. <laughs> Perfect. Good luck, kid. Good luck trying to put yourself through school. How old are know. your... Uh, are, do you hang out with your parents? Do you smoke I do. With them? My, my dad's dead, but I still oh, okay. hang out with him. <laughs> We talk. We talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my mom and I, we definitely hang out. She's, uh, I'm actually flying her out to LA oh, in a couple dope. weeks to that's hang dope. out with me. That's great. She'll rearrange all my fucking cupboards. <sighs> she'll clean out my closet. My she'll, mom does the same thing. Right? They can't, not, but I love it. My oh, yeah, absolutely. Sent me, did I bring it? Oh, man, I might have not brought it. My mom sent me a Easter basket. Oh, my God. With like 17 pairs of socks, <laughs> candy, um, towels and i love it oh yeah absolutely i love that i yeah, love yeah. those like little yeah because you know yeah yeah they're great those are the touches that keep you from becoming a stripper a hundred percent you know what i mean because yeah, yeah, yeah. my parents are separated too how old uh-huh. were you when your parents separated my parents were well this is the thing they both i was like really young when they separated but they were still in the same town and they were still very in- involved in each other's lives so like um it was like i got to see what it was like for like a single dad and like a single mom yeah. but i would still be very much like a part and it wasn't until i was like 18 that i met like my friend who also came from like a broken home oh, but like his parents got along so like i remember being at his house sitting in his living room with his stepmom and his dad and his mom walks in with a thing of laundry and then she goes into the like garage to do laundry and then they were, I was like, oh, shit, they're going to fight. And he was like, no, they all get along. And I was like, I just remember getting so mad. Like, I was like, wait, wait, wait. There should be a fight here. You could do, you could just get along. Yeah, you, you can break up and everything's and better. Like, fine. And I just yeah. remember being back to my mom. I was like, you know, they fucking get along. It was hysterical. Right down the street. They, fucking, they just walking right in. Right down the street. They're getting along. What the hell's wrong with oh, you dude, guys? It was hysterical. What do you think, like, do you have that point where you think you were... Like looking back, you became a comedian, or you knew you wanted to be. a comedian? Um, I think it was it was a long time coming because it was like my dad is. I'm probably like the fifth funniest person in my family. <laughs> like my dad's hysterical, my mom's really really funny, and they, I think just them together, it's just ridiculous. But also, I think a lot of it is just coming from a big family. Yeah. So it's like when you come from a big big family, like because I have so many fucking Mexicans in my family, <laughs> but. It used to be like my grandparents' house is where we'd all hang out. So it was like six different families because I come from like generation wise. No, no, no. Like my like... my uh, dad's family has literally like nine siblings. Wow, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. my dad's family too. Yeah, it was literally like the Mexican Brady Bunch. Like my grandmother <laughs> met my grandfather, and they each had kids. So when they came, yeah, yeah it was it was ridiculous. That's fun though. It was great. So there was a lot of cousins, and it was almost like you had to be you had to be funny and to you had get a roast. Yeah, I would imagine. Were, oh yeah, everyone was so fucking mean. It was ridiculous. You probably do you think like you just have a natural knack for for roasting because of that? Absolutely. Um, mostly because my mom would always like we would just talk shit to each other. Like me and my mom talk shit, my dad talk shit. Like we would all just like tease each other, and it was like you couldn't have like a soft skin in my family. Yeah, you know what I mean, because everyone was like, no one wants like it was like fucking Frank's crying to grandma. You know what I mean? Like it was it was yeah. If you ran to grandma, you everyone was like, oh, then mm. you got roasted yeah, more. Yeah, it's like you, you you know we're not letting you play with our Legos. You, you know should I mean? do a special where you and your mom roast each other. Oh, dude, it's ridiculous. I we, would love to see that. I would just post all my text messages do you guys do that you we text, te- each, other we back text each other all the time and but her thing is she's very like she's always like she's on facebook way too much and she's always like any That's little moms are any little thing about like immigration or anything she's like they're fucking coming to get us it's starting it's happening right now Wait, look and i'm an like a hundred i'm like yo this not i was like mom that doesn't really she's like well but it's gonna happen <laughs> And I'm just like, yo, it's just, anytime I like try to talk to her, like, con- like, con- <laughs> like coming to get us. dude, anytime I try to like correct her or anything, she's just like, you just don't know our history, man. And I'm just like, 
It's the funniest stuff. I remember, like, I was making fun of her, and I was like, "Mom, I know our history." She's like, "Yeah." I was like, "But I'll, she was like, yeah, but your best." I her uh, the person that moved across the street from us, we're convinced is like does drugs because they're always just kind of weird. So I always <laughs> crack jokes that like her best friend's a meth head. <laughs> She just could just be an old alcoholic. I don't know. She just seems always she weird. She could just be a regular day drinker. She could just be a regular day drinker. Just a day drinker. Uh, she, but she's always just weird. I remember I said that to my mom. She was like, hey, I'm not friends with a meth head, all right? She's just great to talk to. <laughs> and, it, dude, I just started dying. Dude, she's hilarious. My mom and I, now that I think of it, we kind of do... we Not so much busty, bust each other's balls, but we definitely talk back to one oh, another. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, she yeah. she has that like she's like sardonic and has a little bit of that like sarcastic, yeah, yeah. very like it hits you like it's a ripple effect. Oh, yeah. Like she'll say something and you won't realize what she meant until you're out of the house. You're like, did that bitch just did she just call me a slut <laughs> on the DL? Did I just get hate crime by my mom in the kitchen? My, what just my, happened? My mom's go to is like, man, if I was you living in Los Angeles, having free time, I'd be playing basketball every day. I'd be going to the gym. I'd be like hiking. You know what I mean? Like, mom, those are all exercises are you trying to tell me that i'm fat do you want me to lose weight is that what you're saying and she's like no nah, no nah, but like you should go see what's happening at the right <laughs> you should go just you know break a sweat yeah you should be out in life just breaking a sweat she's hilarious that's all you should be doing were you um when you did the roast battle show was that the first tv experience you yeah, had? yeah first tv experience I mean, ever that's kind of a yeah you know it was like a debutante a yeah it was like a for someone one time someone compared it to they're like you did like the super bowl yeah for your first time on tv to do that type of show with that kind of audience and you know under the umbrella of jeff ross and, and all like that. the pressure and all that no pressure. everybody was there too so it was like it was ridiculous man. yeah like it's john like boot camp it is yeah it really was it was like john ham was there Chappelle, like john everybody Hamm. i got to talk to him afterwards i had a dream about john ham he's amazing i'm just saying <laughs> He, is he it, really nice? Oh my god, the sweetest guy in the world. He, <laughs> no! he, he, I was in the back. I had like the trophy, and like everyone was there, all my friends, and I was just like, I was, you know, just on the high. And the guy comes up, and he was just like Frank, and I'm like, yeah. And I turned, and it was John Ham, and I was like, I'm John. I'm like, I know who you are. And I was like, you're John Ham. And he's was like, he yeah. as tall as you? No, he was so tall, Ugh. so tall, so tall, so sweet, genuine. Just shook my hand. He was like, you did a really good job, man. That was so fun. I was like. Thank you so much. He was, he's like really good friends with Todd Barry. He is? Yeah. How does he smell? It's amazing. Yeah. He smells so good. He looks good. like he'd smell good. He was just like, you know, I see a lot of improv, Bob. He was like, but that was really good, man. You know, he was like, really, really fun. I was like, so I need to do improv now? I don't know. I don't know if I can, if I love John Hamm enough my to, other to do friend improv. Is, my <laughs> other friend is a huge John Hamm fan. He couldn't even stand in the same room a as A guy? Him. Yeah, he was like, I just want to see his penis. And I'm like, that's <laughs> hey, hysterical. Listen, the bulge. <laughs> Is a sitch. I've heard. It, Have you seen the photos? I've seen the photos, but also like it's like a Hollywood's like most well-known secret that John Ham is packing. He's got a ham. He's got a he's got a ham. That, yeah, you know he's I mean? got. <laughs> he does have a hammer down yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, crazy. and that's not why I am into it. Oh, of course not. Have you seen Mad Men? It's great. It's a, he's a great actor. Great actor, and he seems very funny. Sweet guy. Yeah, very sweet. Sweet. He came up sweet and congratulated guy. you. Yeah. He's he was raised with manners. Uh huh. Definitely a move of a guy who's got over eight inches. <laughs> You know I mean? <laughs> if you want to know if a guy is well endowed, how respectful is he? A hundred percent. You just have to judge how he treats you. That in dude fucks. <laughs> and also, you, he put it in your hand. Oh yeah, absolutely. He was like, "My name's John Ham." He's like, oh, "This is great." It, it's still unrolling. That's he was hilarious. just like this, and it was just unrolling. I brought my mom. My mom was there uh, for that whole taping, uh, and that was hysterical. Did she meet John Ham too? She got to meet John Ham. She got to meet everybody. Son of a the bitch. funniest thing. Who was she? She got to meet pretty much everybody, and then like I remember she met Anthony Jeselnik, and she was like, "Oh my god, you're gorgeous." She called Anthony Jeselnik gorgeous, and, and I was just sitting there like, "Oh my god, that's hysterical." And then he was, I think he was just like, "I know," and it was just so funny. Yeah, he, uh, he I think Anthony just takes compliments. Oh, he's just, the best. You know, he was, he's oh, like, sweet yeah, guy, sweet guy. He, Anthony, he's a really cool dude too. Um, <laughs> and then she got to meet Snoop Dogg. Oh, I love Snoop. Amazing guy. Snoop is so, he's so like when you hug him, you can touch your elbows because mm-hmm. he's so he's so thin mm-hmm. he's just like what up shouting yeah there was like a great moment that they had where they like they like prayed together it was it was beautiful they prayed together? yeah man your mom prayed with snoop Dogg. yes my mom is like a you huge... sure he wasn't blowing like he was having her smoke a joint yeah, through yeah. His hands and she they, we like, all smoked a joint together it was great did you yeah are you kidding me i mean i think my, you've made it if you smoked a snoop my mom is a huge snoop Dogg fan and she also like used to sneak out and go to his concerts when she was a girl so like her being there and her smoking weed with snoop Dogg, that was better than me like 
Like I could ne- like being like if I never become successful, if I never have a special, if I never do anything ever again, like me getting to smoke with my mom, the Snoop Dogg, like that was like boom. That's yeah, it. that's it, awesome. Yeah, she loved it. That's amazing when you can have those little moments with your parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, having your parents just see you achieve any sort of milestone in your career is the validating oh absolutely because it's such a hard career 100 percent. also my mom mostly wanted me to do hair growing up so oh i thought Mm. you were gonna say heroin i was like what (laughs) my my brain finished the rest of that it's like your mom wanted to see you do heroin she's like you should be doing heroin right now that's crazy you need to go hiking and do heroin she's like trying to just keep you balanced exercise heroin (laughs) her at a party with a bunch of like industry people was the funniest thing i've ever seen well because like we get up there and i'm like hey mom just just like I need you to, yeah. Just not. you know, I need you to not, not even not. Just be, you know, just like be, you know, you can have fun, you know. Just I just need you, you know, just be cool, be cool, just, chill. Yeah, just chill, just, just chill. chill. She was like, no problem. And then I didn't see her for like an hour and a half. <laughs> and throughout the party, I'm like saying hi to people, and they're coming up to me, and there was like, I just met your mom. She's so sweet. I'm like, oh my god, where'd you meet her? They're like, we met her in the bathroom. And everyone's story was about how sweet my mom was and how they met in the bathroom. And I'm like, is my mom doing cocaine in the <laughs> yes, bathroom? Yes. Your mom has a side hustle in the bathroom at the roast battle, and I'm I support it wholeheartedly. Hysterical. I really support it wholeheartedly. She's like, I got you booked throughout May. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do like after that show aired and you taped it? Like what what changed for you? Uh, a lot of things, mostly how people treated me. Uh, like how? Like what was it before and how was it after? Um, before. Willie Hunter said it perfectly. He was like Frank was uh, Frank was uh, the only do- Frank was the most famous door guy to become famous, not famous, but become known while being a door guy. Yeah. So it was very like you know, and so being a door guy, people treat you a certain way. You know what I mean? Yeah, They're just like tell people like what what the door guy. So like is when you're a door guy, store. you know, you're working minimum wage. You're taking out trashes. You're fucking clean up, throw up. You know, uh, you're hoping that you get a spot. Uh, you usually get development spots. You're in the system and stuff. And sometimes if you're cool with the producers, they'll toss you up. Yep. And most of the time, I'll just ask a producer. I'll just go up and be like, hey, is there anyone you just have an extra spot? Can I open up the show? Can we start a little early? Some people are really cool. Some people are just like kind of like not. Right. Like there's assholes because they're like, oh, whatever. I'm not going to put you up. You're you're not. You're just a door you're guy. You're just a door guy. You're not an important person. You know what I mean? And then like winning changed a lot of things. And then also when when people see you prove yourself people start to rock with you. So like Rogan hit me up, like Jezina could take me yep. out for a date. So a lot of people took me out on the road. So people started taking me seriously, which right. is great. Yes, because it takes a long time uh, to get to 100%. that point. So at the store, it kind of changed where like producers were more willing to toss me spots or they were a lot nicer to me or some nothing changed. Where I was like, yeah. all right, whatever, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna... there's, some, there's some beauty in people just being consistent assholes. 100%. We're like, all right, cool, whatever. Um, but... A lot of uh, comics were a lot cooler to me, and that was the best part. And then there's also this weird respect of, like, it's like, you know, I used to work at the store, and if someone drops out in, like, a ballet room show and they're like, we need someone, they're like, oh, fucking sweet, we can put Frank out. Yeah, and yep. that's a great position to be in. Yes. Because, like, I think, like, a few, like, last month, I ended up not having anything on the road or any other shows, and I'm just like, oh, man, this sucks. But I ended up working at the store and I ended up getting up almost every night because someone just wasn't there. Yep, that always happened. And it was just like, oh my God, that's perfect. Like I got up pretty, like I got up seven days in a row. Dude. And it was just like, oh, this is sweet. Putting in those reps. And it just happens. You yeah. Know? So working at the store is great, but my favorite is whenever there's a new person that shows up and if they know who I am, it's cool because they're like, Hey, Mr. Castillo, is it cool if I... I'm just like, Mr. Castillo? You're like, it was my dad. Yeah, I'm like, that's just call me Frank. And they're like, all right, Am cool. I at Safeway right no now? No problem, Mr. Frank Castillo. I'm like, that's not... just you can. <laughs> so it's, it's It's adorable. Because it's like the person... Like, it's a comic that like, you know... They, right. It's a few different kinds of comics that show up at the store. There's some that get there and they realize what it is and they're very respectful. And they're nice to the door guys and they're like cool. And they just... They're chill. They know how to be. Right. They just... They get, they get in. They yeah. mix it. You know they what I mean? In. And there's other people who are like clear goal to whatever oh, and they're God. just like assholes to the dude in the back because they don't know. Like I remember I've, I've worked the door for Roast Battle and people have walked up and they're like, I'm battling tonight. And I'm just like, are you fucking yeah, kidding me like this that's a great you're you're getting better you're doing something that you love people who think they're be above anything it drives me nuts it's insane like at any point you can be chopped down to nothing i've seen it and and just to have that attitude like you deserve a certain respect mm-hmm. i don't know I, maybe it's just because of how i was raised but yeah my mom always raised me to just treat everybody the same and be very respectful. Be nice. Be nice. Yeah. 
It's kindness is free. Yeah. You know, there, and there are those moments where fuckers deserve a little bit oh, of truth. Oh, uh, 100%. Some truth bombs. Yeah, yeah. And a little bit of spice. Sometimes 100%. you got to kick in the spice a little mm-hmm. bit. But for the most part, you got to keep it copacetic. Yeah. You, 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 and you also never know where someone's coming from. Like, say, you know, you, I know you, you're very nice mm-hmm. and you're fun to talk to and we always shoot the shit. Maybe I come up to you and you're having a bad day, which mm-hmm. hasn't happened, but I'm yeah. just saying for argument's sake, I'm not going to change how... I'm reacting to you like I'm going to keep myself cool and try and like help you through your moment because you yeah, might yeah. be going through some shit. Yeah, 100%. Everything you know, changes. I just, yeah. I, I, I think people lose that perspective mm-hmm. and they think they're entitled to shit. Oh, it's crazy, man. And entitlement isn't reserved for people. It's not reserved for any race or any class. People can have this entitlement. You can feel it. Yeah, yeah. You can feel it through yeah, yeah. any sort of, you know, background, mm-hmm. especially there's a special type of entitlement with new comics. Oh, my God. Whoa, isn't there? This is like, oh, you, no one's checked you. <laughs> and that's crazy. Yeah, and it's coming soon. Oh, man. And you haven't bombed yet. Oh, man. You know, when comedians, like, they're so new, they don't realize that they're the harshest bomb years are just right yeah, around the corner. Yeah, man. We're, it's, this, it's not delusion. It's this... Um, it is. Awareness. It's an awareness. Yes. It's an awareness where it's like, they're just like, oh, that didn't go well. I wonder why. And then there gets to a point where you're like, that didn't go well and I know why. Yes. Yes. And that's the thing a lot of people don't learn or like understand. And man, it is my favorite. Like I'm hosting Potluck tonight. <laughs> I fucking love that. It is my favorite. Because one, it's like I will build every single person up and give them an, a, a great chance. Right. And then if they don't do well, I I will make fun of them. Yes. Only because it's like the audience is going to laugh. And then it's also, and then it's this weird thing of like, I've made fun of people and been completely joking and people have been very upset. And then it's like, oh, well then you don't belong here. Right. Then you, if you can't if you handle can't, a host at a comedy show making fun of you, if you're also on the comedy show, yeah. don't do comedy. I can't. Oh man. It's don't like, do it. It's, your uh, skin isn't thick enough. You, they need to be raised in your family. It, yeah. There's like a, there's a part of me where it's like, there's, there's still like. Politically, like very, very liberal. You know what I mean? Like I'm very yeah. liberal. But when it comes to comedy, I'm so like conservative in like a tough, hard kind of way. Yeah. In a sense, it's like, yo, if you can't handle it, you shouldn't be here. Right. You need to go back out. It's, it's here specifically being the comedy A hundred percent. Because, you know, you can you can chop your teeth in other areas that are, you know, these safe spaces that are popping up. Oh, absolutely. Which FYI are not comedy. No. It's not comedy. Mm. Any place where you're like females only, gay guys only, the safe space, that's not a, a, a realistic representation Mm-mm. of what it's like out on the road, nope. what it's like on re- in real comedy clubs, or what you need in order to build that thick skin to yeah. sustain a type of career that is yeah. filled with with rejection from 100%, every fucking angle. 100%. Anytime I see like... Dude, I As mean, I it, itch my tit. Hilarious. <laughs> There's times, you know, I mean, I'll be in Los Angeles and you'll see like, you know, comics from mostly the east side or like just those very indie shows where they'll come and you can tell like they're very... It was like, oh, you haven't been on the road. Like, yeah, you can do 15 minutes in a bar at a taco shop. Right. Uh, but can you do 15 minutes in Indiana opening up for fucking whoever the fuck? Right. Can you, you know evolve I mean? your set to sort of reflect the area you're in 100 can you write a new five minutes on the road to start with every night 100 percent. because when you go into these these markets it's tough you know i i like to have something about the, the place. place yeah you have to something that i notice 100 percent. just getting from the airport to the place there's always something yeah be What's a person and, you know what I mean? yeah like i uh, haven't opened up, i got to open up with paulie's audience and i've gotten to open up different audiences so it's really sure paulie sure what yeah. is his audience his like? audiences are great his audiences are always fun he actually sells out everywhere still <laughs> Does uh, he? yeah that's amazing uh, so it's like uh the his audiences are like people that know the store and they come out and they're very like comedy savvy or like people that know him from the movies and that just love him and they just want to see him yeah so that's where it gets kind of tough because like, he so is he stuck is he still doing like he's stuff always that people, gonna, is he doing the crowd pleasing stuff uh, he's always going to do poly yeah. stuff you know what i mean but then there's also like audiences that are just like comedy audiences that love them and stuff they all love them yeah so it's very interesting to see like co- like audiences that just want to see him so then like i go up and i'm like oh you guys give a fuck less about me <laughs> It's but like I mean, opening for a music musician. Yeah, you're which just like, never oh. works for comedy. You're oh, like, yeah. get off the fucking stage. We want Skinner, and you're like, okay. I love shit like that. I love <laughs> not easy spots. Well, that's you know, I think that's when you. One of the evolutions of a comedian that I think is that that right there, where you start to love the more laborious and tedious shows that you oh, do. Absolutely. You know, the ones where they're more challenging and 
you know, uh, just figuring out the verbiage alone, 100%. like switching one word from one set to the other and being like, oh, that works better. Yeah. Or, you know, getting your ass handed to you and you're like, mm, this is why. Because mm-hmm. when you, you know, I'm always like, I don't know what went wrong. And then I listen back and I'm like, I sounded dead. Yeah. You know, you, you, you can you, you figure, can figure it, it out. out. Yeah. It's just, do you want to figure it out? And do you want to put in the, the work? Yes. It always boils down to the work. That's what I it always, does. that's what I always preach to like any, any new comic that I meet or like anyone that's complaining about something. Cause I get in the same thing. I complain and I complain and I think it's like, oh, it's cause I know I'm not writing. Yeah. It's cause I know I'm not trying to make right. the steps forward or do anything. Right. When you're frustrated, when you're having like these arguments with yourself, it's because, oh, I'm not doing the thing I need to do. Yeah. The real problem is in the work. A hundred percent. Yeah, uh, Gary Goleman has this really great thing he's doing yep, online. Yeah, the threads on Twitter, are amazing. Yeah, where he's doing like the tips. Every time I always read his stuff, the thing that like there's certain things that I read, and I'm like, oh damn, that's it's a hundred percent about me. Right. Like that rings so true to me. Like he had done this one about how he was like, you can never be seen too late. You can always be seen too early. What is that? What does he mean by that? Like like. And in like showcases. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I, see. I didn't get JFL like the past right. two years. And I just remember being like, I was like, ah, but I was like, no, I'm going to be better next year. And then like, I, you know, I work at the store. So I go to like the showcases and I hear like what goes you, wrong, what goes on. Or yep. like, I see my friends that are like crushing it and then they get to go up and then like, they tell me about like the other comics. Cause there's also like, it's very interesting to see, like someone was telling me, Someone was telling me that uh <laughs> <laughs> What did you just think of? I was like, I shouldn't say this one. Like, no, say, say it. it. We I, I was talking crap last week. For, so uh <laughs> they're on a showcase and you know the comic is a beast. He's a beast. He's a really great comic and he's one of my favorites to watch right now. He's just moved to Los Angeles. And um when you know you're a beast, like when you've gotten better somewhere else and you've come here and yep. you just know you got it and you're just ready and you're prepared, nothing phases you. Like right. a showcase, you're just ready. I get uh someone had said <laughs> someone had to follow him. And was like, uh, man, I, I didn't want to follow him just because, you know, they're just, he's just, he's really tough. He's hard to follow. And yeah. it's like, yo, if you're worried about following someone you're on a showcase, ready. you shouldn't be you're in the showcase. You're not ready. I mean, that's another big milestone in comedy where I remember like years ago, I was at the Gotham Comedy Club and the lineup, I was, you know, I, no one knew who I was. Mm-hmm. There's still people who don't know who I am. My mom's like, who are you? Um, there are, there was Lisa Lampanelli, um, there, uh, Gaffigan, Todd Berry, Attell. Mm. I had to follow all those beasts at the check spot. Ugh. Oh, it's the worst. The check spot is when they're dropping checks and doing, doing math. math. And they're, you literally, you hear them going 23, 24, carry the five. Uh, and you're just like, uh, in, in that moment, I said to myself when I knew I was going up in the check spot, just don't bomb. Cause I think sometimes comedians, our goals are a little bit beyond what our oh, talent 100%, level is. Oh, 100%. And that's where having the the realistic approach to like, what are my, what's my skill level? Yes. And what can I really accomplish yeah, here? Yeah. What, 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 what am I going to like, it's like kind of like reading the room when you go in and you're like, all right what what is realistically the goal and right. what is like because like if you set your goal too high and you see it on so many comics like they come into a situation they're like oh it's got to be here and they go up and they get that first joke or second joke and it doesn't meet their expectation you can see them you calculating can see them start to go but Ugh. but my but the room isn't bad no the audience is still great the audience is still there and down but it's like what they're what they've perceived and like how they're thinking and their thought process they've already fucked themselves right and so then they just keep they're just in a deep vat of fuckery yeah yeah they're battling themselves at that point. <laughs> they are it's, battling yeah, it's like, oh, that's shit. usually what it is oh 100 i mean especially at the place like the store you can't be afraid to follow anybody Mm-mm. that can't even be a thought in your Mm-mm. mind because it's going to be a rogan oh 100%. it's going to be a callan be or diaz. whitney or diaz or like you're going to have to go up after these people and you have to just yeah go you have to you just gotta go yeah you know and that's definitely something like after years and years you just sort of you either think about it or you don't when you stop thinking about it you're like oh okay yeah that's one less one less stress in this whole process yeah but it's also kind of dope to like go up after rogan or burr you feel like, it i've had to follow burr twice at the store one was on potluck one was at some other show like a one independently produced show and then he also had to follow me at a show and there's nothing worse <laughs> than someone following you that is amazing because then because like i just remember being up there and i was like all right that wasn't that bad and then like i get off stage and then like bill burr's walking past me and i'm like oh he watched <laughs> all of that no <laughs> It wasn't good. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a oh god. <laughs> I did that once where I had a set and I ate a dick. I think it might have been at the store. I just had a really rough set someplace and I was so unhappy and I was thinking, like listening and trying to figure out what I did wrong and I made some changes and the next night I was at the West Side Theater and um, I really, like, you know, it was a great set. Like all the changes I made worked and I got off stage and like Adam Sandler was there and um, uh, I think it was Kevin Nealon maybe was there and just like walking past them and then being like, funny, it was really funny. You're just like, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it could have been the night before. I can't pay my rent, but yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, it could have been the night before where you weren't really, yeah. you know, it's yeah. just, it, you you never know what, what sort of outcome is going to happen. So you always yeah. got to have some sort of, you got to be over-prepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know what's going to happen. I'm, <laughs> I remember the worst bomb I ever had was uh, it was right after Rose Battles at the Improv I got to host a Death Squad show and it was the Death Squad show that Seinfeld was popping in on it was like the first time we come back to the Improv such a weird combination yeah it was the first he was a secret guest who was just popping in and like everyone knew so it sold out like everyone was there like Lady Gaga like her fucking manager yeah everybody was there when was this this was like a year and a half ago Lady Gaga that's wild because I think she was I think at the time she was like dating Seinfeld's manager or something like that. I just knew she like she had known Seinfeld. They were yeah. like hanging out and stuff. And I just remember like it was supposed to be me, someone, then Seinfeld, right? And then <sighs> it ended up being like, oh, he's got to go next. So you just got to do your eight-minute set and then just bring him up. And then I just remember being like, <sighs> oh, God damn it. Like I should bring him up. Like I should do yeah, like five let, minutes let and just bring him up. Like, I mean, cause, bring him like, right up. Because it's like, like – and then like he's standing there on the side. So everyone – can see him, right? See him waiting to go up, and huh. then I'm like hosting, and yo, I fucking ate a dick. The whole host set. Whole host set. Nothing landed. Nothing landed. Like I, no, nothing landed. And it wasn't like it wasn't funny. It was just like we're just waiting for Seinfeld. Oh. You know what I mean? It was so you could feel it. Like I just like I could just get. I was so hot, and it was just sweating. <laughs> I think you I visibly sweaty. Oh, I, I, it, I, like it, I was That's visibly. It, dude, it was visibly bad, right? And um, bring him up. He goes up, and he has like a you know it's fucking Seinfeld. Does he, he has do a great the tight forty five that he normally does? He was. It was right before he was doing the special. He was like you know running a few things. Yeah. So like every, you know, and I remember just getting off stage and feeling so shitty. Oh. And then Adam Eget, uh, the talent coordinator of the comedy store, the guy who also hired me, comes up to me and puts his arm around my shoulder like a goddamn big brother. And he goes, you know what? It's okay. And he goes, at least Lady Gaga didn't see you bomb. She wasn't there yet? No, no, no. I, I didn't know she was there at the time. So I'm like, oh, what do you mean? I turn and she's in the fucking front like back row. Like here's the front like little like. Yeah. Little, and then there's like the back row. And she's in the front of the back row just kind of looking at me. Oh. And not in like a. Oh, she but, saw the. Whole- yeah, and but in like a in like a just like. She's like a star was not born. Yeah, no, for real. It was like she watched a star just die, just fucking die. The star and is forlorn. Yeah, and it wasn't like she had like an angry look at me. It was just one of those looks like. Yeah, it looked like oh. she wanted to give me a hug. Oh no! But didn't want to get up and give me a hug. You know, it was like it was not a good. That's fe- I was like, oh. And then um, Paige, <laughs> I, like after I bring, like, so Seinfeld gets off, mm-hmm. and I bring up the next comic, and I get off stage. Seinfeld, or not uh, Seinfeld, uh, Paige, the manager of the Improv, who also saw it, comes up to me and goes, "Do you want to meet Seinfeld?" And I'm like, "You're like, yeah. fuck, no." I was like, "Yeah, I, of course, right?" <laughs> so I go up, and she introduces me to Seinfeld, and he completely forgot who I was. And I was just like, I was, she, I was like, hey, I'm Frank. And it was good, good show. He's like, oh, thanks, man. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hosting. He goes, oh, okay. And I was like, he was like, oh. and it was just kind of like, that's sweet. almost worse. Than yeah, him. yeah, yeah. That's he almost just, worse than him critiquing yourself. A hundred percent, because it was like, it wasn't even like I bombed so bad that he remembered. It was just like I was so not good that he just kind of didn't even like. He just forgot. <laughs> nothing stuck. Nothing to him. stuck. My bomb was. You even so, bombed at bombing. Yeah, I bombed at bombing. My bomb was so not memorable that he was like, "Oh yeah, no problem." I was like, "Ah, <laughs> oh. That makes my cheeks hurt. Here to make you feel better, I was at Gotham Comedy Club again a few mm-hmm. years back when I was still bartending in New York, and um, Pablo Francisco was headlining, and Seinfeld was up to do a guest spot. He bombed most of his set. Mm. He did about forty minutes. 
and was bombing very very bad mm -hmm. so much i was like in awe watching him like wow that here's this like yeah comedy guru this legend and of course you have to bomb in front of everybody oh. and i at one point during his set he goes man who do i have to be to make you guys laugh and the guy i was with a friend yelled out the next comic oh i told that story before on the podcast but it still makes me melt oh and i punched him and i slid down in the seat oh yeah you're I like slid down you're in the like seat. i have to leave right now i was like you fuck i was like good point but don't ever say yeah, that shit. Like, piece of shit you don't say that to to seinfeld i oh i got a i got a great louis story uh so louis used to i mean he, he used to come to, to jerk the, off in no, front of you. I would. uh no Damn he used to come to the store all the time right and i would always work his the green room and stuff so like we'd like he kind of he knew me because i'd work his green room and i'd you know do all that shit and um i'd always be the one that like work his show so like We'd like have a few interactions, right? But I never wanted to be like, hey, we're fucking, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. So Roast Battle Season 1 happens, right? He's there for the taping and Just for Laughs. So he knows Tony, he knows like Olivia Grace, he knows all these people, right? And um, Todd Barry is in Season 2 and he's best friends with Todd. So it's like, yo, he's going to be there. And like that was my favorite comic. Like I love, I had all of his albums. Like that was my Barry? dude. No, no, uh, Louis. Okay, like, Louis yeah, was one of my yeah, favorite Louis's comics great. growing up. Obviously before. Jerking off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had no, yeah. That's so, neither here nor yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so it's like he shows up at the store. It's after the taping, all that jazz. It's like a few months, I think. And we're all just chilling there. And he pops in, right? Oh, no, it's not a few months after. It's like I think like a year or two after. And like he pops in, right? And I always wanted to talk to him about it, but I never right. wanted to just come up to him and be like, hey, man, you know, roast battle, you know, because that's such a fucking lame-ass thing well, to do. It's I so mean, lame. It's, it's, but it's something you achieved. Of 100%. Come but on. It's, yeah, yeah, but I don't want to like show it to like my no, fucking, yeah. Know. So like I'm, I'm waiting for the opportunity and uh, he walks out, right? And he sees Tony Hinchcliffe and a few other people that did the roast battle. And he was just like, hey, you did roast battle. You were really funny. I loved your season. Uh, right, and he's kind of talking. The people are like talking about roast battle, and I'm right there. I'm like, oh, yo, man. I was like, oh, that's. I was like, yeah. I was like, I actually won season two, and he was just like, oh, thanks, man. Thanks. He thought I said I loved your season two, oh, like as in no. like season two of Louis or some whatever the fuck. So, so he, awkward. A hundred percent. But he didn't. He didn't pick up that it was awkward. He was just like, oh, thanks, man. Like he took it like a genuine compliment, and then he just left. And like everyone else that was around me, all knew what I said. They heard. They clearly got what I said, right? But none of them wanted to correct them. And I just watched all my friends just witness <laughs> me just have an uncomfortable moment, and then just take a step back. Oh fuck! And just like sit in it. And I'm like, these motherfuckers, Fuckers. dude. It was so funny. No one stepped up. No one stepped. Fucking it was comedians. hysterical. And then like they leave. So he leaves, right? And then Tony comes up and he goes, "Hey, man, I'm sure you'll be able to talk to it. You'll talk to him about it like eventually, right?" The next day, the article drops. What article? The New York Times article. Oh, about him. Yeah. I was like, wait, did he write an article about dissing you? Oh, you mean the one where he whipped his weenie yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. So I never saw him again. You're going to have another moment. It was hysterical. You're going you know to have I mean? another moment. I can't believe the next day. <laughs> it was the, the next The article day, drops. The article drops. That's fucking brutal. I'm just like, ah, I'll see him next time he comes to the store. That's fucking brutal. <laughs> oh, Shit. dude, it was hysterical. What do you think about all that? I mean, everyone's drug it through the mud. Oh, that um, he's, he's your he's your top, right? He's your apex. When it comes yeah, to I mean, comedy. he's my homie. I mean, we're we're best friends. But uh, like, no. if he's somebody, you know, did you, you must have felt a certain type of way about? Oh, it. it was very like I. What all happened? I remember just looking at my fiance and like she just looked at me and she just like shakes her head and she. I was like, I know exactly how like Bill Cosby fans feel. Yeah, you know what I mean. You like, feel let down. Yeah, but also. I'm. You you start trying. For me, it was definitely you like start to like justify. You start ju justify. Start to rationalize it. Me and my fiance had conversations about it, the whole thing, and she was just like, I remember like by the second weekend, she was like, "You don't think you have like a little bit of a biased opinion?" And I'm just like, "I don't Fuck. know. Like I, I like to look yeah. at things very a hundred percent. Like as a woman mm -hmm. and a female comedian, even though I can't stand that, as yeah. a comedian who happens to have a vagina, mm -hmm. sounds so much better to me. I know that there are certain situations. Just as a female that mm -hmm. I can't put myself in. A hundred percent. You know, it's that sort of like learning as you go through life. Hey, if I put my hand on the fire, it's going to burn me. Mm -hmm. If I go down this dark alley, there could be a crazy crackhead. 100%. Who might put something in my butt that I don't want A hundred percent. You just sort of have these Do you have like, a lot of brothers? No. Do you have any like older cousins or anything? No. Oh, okay. I was raped when I was younger. Oh. So just, you know, armed me with this sort of... <laughs> 
I've been so, ready. I've been uh, right. I, I got it. I'm good. I got got. All right. Anyways, that was terrible. So I just, uh, I have this no. like, yeah, yeah. you know, this sort of like card catalog of 100%. moments that I should avoid. Yeah, yeah. So I do realize that maybe circumstances provided me with that sort mm-hmm. of skill level. 100%. But also, you don't necessarily have to be a scientist to know. To see signs and stuff. To see signs. 100%. Like, I get there's powers in numbers. So that the two girls went together. Yeah, my but, my my mom was also like my mom had a lot of brothers, so she also is very much that mindset. And me, but you just don't go in certain places. Me and my fiance talk about it all the time where it's like people with brothers or older siblings. You they tend to have, have they have yeah. that or like an uncle because they have that. They right. drill that into you. There is sort of a naiveness that exists some people in just people. don't have that, and I get that. But it was like also like I feel like it's it was tough. a combination of a really bad moment for him and a terrible, um, a, a terrible like lack of common sense on their part. Yeah, and it just—it was one of those things where it was like perfect timing. Yeah, yeah. And ba- it was a bad recipe. Yeah, it was just a bad. It, yeah. And but then, also, I feel like as adult women, we have to be responsible for our actions, mm-hmm. and that it's not fair that if we're making certain choices that put ourselves in a predicament where it's not necessarily going to have a great outcome, that the only person who gets held responsible or has any accountability is the demon. Uh-huh. It's not yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah. There's me. We talked about this constantly. You know what I mean? Like me and my fiance had this conversation. And I I'm not saying pro jerk off. A hundred percent. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is that clear? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These. Uh, I remember I was talking to another comic about this when I was saying how like I was like um, I was like if we both were on the road together and had to sleep in the same room, mm-hmm. I was like, would you be okay with that? She was like, of course. I was like, I wouldn't. She was like, yeah. why not? And I was like, because I have a wife. I was like, it just looks weird. Right. It, you know right. what I mean? So it's like, even on the other side of it, it's like, yeah, I can't, I would never, you know what I mean? Like right. even the smoke weed and stuff just because of the, the way things look. It's the, it's, it's the, you know, it's, it's the principle. Mm-hmm. It's the principle of the yeah, whole yeah. thing. So it just, I have, I don't know. I, I guess some people might say I'm like anti me too. I'm not. I'm no. just saying, I feel like a lot of these bitches are hopping on this hashtag bandwagon to get eyes and visibility when they haven't earned it. Me and my, my. Bitch really get, I, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not hopping on the Me Too shit. Me and my my fiance's <laughs> friend's a huge uh, advocate. We talk about this all the time. Like when the Me Too movement happened with like Hollywood, she's like a heart. She's a lesbian. She's fucking LGBTQ, hundred percent works. Like she's got all the badges and stuff. Right. We get we get I, I want a rape badge. <laughs> me and her get into like <laughs> me and her get into like disagreements all the time over like comedy and stuff. But like all the other issues were pretty much like pretty the same on. But her whole thing was she was talking about like the whole Hollywood and all the women wearing the black dresses. And she was just kind of like, that shit doesn't impress me. She was like, yeah, she goes, what about the chicks in fucking everyday life? The best way she was like, oh, those bitches wearing $50,000 dresses. They're wearing very, very wing helping anybody. No. She was like in Hollywood. It's the worst. She was like, most of those people know shit. And I was like, that's crazy. Most of those people, a lot of those people were quiet during moments when they could have been not quiet. been loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it wasn't, a la mode to be loud then but mm-hmm. now because there's a hashtag it's cool mm-hmm. and you know you get an article written about you and then you can hawk your book everywhere yeah and i ain't gonna say who it is but we all know it's yeah it's uh it's definitely like <laughs> i feel like the, the 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 voices that should be represented aren't being and there's definitely a lot of you know there's certain kinds of people that definitely like hop on that shit and then just like boom let's make some money yeah let's make some money with this isn't me too cute on a shirt buy mm. one key thinks my favorite was like two <laughs> weeks after looking at the looking at a, a comic uh, on facebook and she was just like uh i have a show at the laugh factory blah blah, blah. and at the bottom was like hashtag me too and i'm just like how are you, you? like what? that's not what that's not how you promo that's a comedy how, show that's also not how you use a hashtag that's crazy but you just you know that's not where that hashtag goes it's really not. No. You don't put that there. You we, people know where not to put their dick uh-huh. and where not to put their hashtag. That's hysterical. Usually, it's probably like yeah, yeah. maybe the same place. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just that that's not how it goes. Mm-hmm. What um, what is one of the worst bombs you saw at the comedy store? At the comedy yeah. store? Yeah, I want the dirt. Or heckles, like a wild heckle. Because I feel like the place well, at the been, I mean, store, we, there's not a lot because people respect. Yeah, yeah. we've had like fights happen at the store. Like I was there, uh, one, <laughs> like the biggest fight happened in the room that I was working. Um, it was actually really hysterical. We were sitting there and it was a bringer show. I can't remember whose it was. It was I think it was, it was definitely the last one. Um, <laughs> and they had booked like a magician from like YouTube that was oh, on it. Jesus. So literally five people showed up to this show. And it's the beginning of the show. We're one comic in, 
And like the front row is four dudes all wearing matching outfits, That's all strange. white. And just uh, what well, the outfits, not that. Well, they okay. were white, but the, white and white, white and white. And the jeans were all ripped. They just look like douchebags. <laughs> and uh, they start like shouting and it's a room full of five people. So I'm like, hey, man, you kind of got to keep it quiet. And he's like, fucking whatever. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I just tell security, I'm like, these guys are all fucking drunk. So they shout again. Security comes up to him. and He's like, hey, man. You kind of got to, you know, just kind of keep it, you know, just don't. Just keep it cool. Yeah, just don't be a dick. Just, and the guy, like, show. turns and gives him the finger. And security's just like, all right, you're going to just get the other security guards. We're going to have to kick these guys out. So he, like, comes up. He's got to get it out. And he's like, no, man, fuck you. And he, like, pulls the table out. He's like, come on, guys. You got to get out. You know, you guys are being disrespectful. So, was there a comedian on stage? Yeah. He was like, you know, Five guys in are, the room. Yeah. He's like, 10 minutes in the show, he's like, got to get out. So security guard moves the table. And the guy's sitting. And he lunges at the security guard. Like takes him down, puts him against the, against <gasps> the wall, and all of us. That, that's when all of us rush, and like the other three guys jump, and they all start fighting. So we're all starting to like take him down and push him outside. The fight spills into the back parking lot, right? On Rogan's car? No, not on Rogan's <laughs> car, right? On Rogan's security car. is uh, security guards are fucking bored out of their minds here most of the time, and they're all really good at their job, yeah. right? And the comedy club, not a lot of shit pops off, but no, when it not does, like that. no, but when it does, it does. So like the guys like fucking just being a dick, and the security guard just like. Right, what gets him in the fucking, but he cried right in the fucking neck, right, and the guy like just what, and then he takes him down. He's holding him down, and then he holds the other guy down, and one of the other guys like he's got it, like one of the security guards got him in a headlock, and this other dude's like rushing, like the fourth guy starts rushing the security guard who's got his friend in the headlock. Sounds like a Tom Cruise movie. It was crazy. You know who Feng Chao is? Yes. He's a, a Chinese guy, right? Yeah. So he's parking the cars, right? He sees the guy run. Feng Chao just goes, boom. Like, oh, he, he, he fucking. No, no, puts his arm out and just clotheslines the guy. Like, <laughs> clean. Like, and it was insane. Because you didn't see Fang. He was just like, buy a car and you just see him run out and just clothesline this dude. <laughs> and they have it on tape. And it's just a beautiful. It's on tape. Beautiful just clothesline. Perfect form. <laughs> so, like. These guys are getting arrested. Like the cops finally come and they're still fighting. Their shirts are all ripped. One of the dudes in a headlock. Um, the guy that's in the headlock's trying to scream. So the security guard kind of lets him like release his headlocks. The cops start coming and he goes, do you know who my father is? And immediately the cops like look at him and go, oh yeah, these are the problem. Like they don't yeah. even let these guys talk. They just go up and start putting him in handcuffs. Little entitled. Do you know who my dad is? An idiot for not pulling out so the comic who's the impro the the magician comes down he goes hey man i'm not gonna be banned am i and he goes why and he goes those guys were here to see me yeah, like, I was gonna say, my question was gonna be who brought the douchebag yeah the, he, was, he was like i just posted on youtube he was like I, i'm just a magician that was because he he's like they just showed up to see me and i'm like comedy and magic in youtube those things need to be by themselves those magicians are assholes they need to be by themselves damn it dude it was ridiculous <sighs> i never seen anything fun at the store have you seen the ghosts um, have you had ghost experiences? I've felt weird, but I don't know if that's just me being like, oh, Hi. this feels weird and stoned. <laughs> or if it was like, I remember being at the store and like lights will flash in your eyes and you'll like seize things and you'll like rationalize or whatever. But I've never felt like, oh, that's a ghost. Justin Martindale swears that he got like fisted by one or something. <laughs> there was like a ghost in there that was... I don't, I don't know if it was fisting or maybe just throwing shade. I don't know what was happening, but there's a gay ghost. <laughs> a gay ghost. Um, <laughs> Simone's got a great story about a ghost. I know. I, you remember Cody Morley? No. He's a comic that used to hang out for a little bit. He. So you know how the store in the OR it goes late. It goes like yes. two, three. Yep. Yeah. Well, sometimes we just want to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, of course. And sometimes people pass out in the back booths to the point where they're lying on the booth and you can't see them under the table. You know what I mean? Because the tables are kind of... So the, Cody passes out in the OR, right? He wakes up at 3.30, 4 in the morning, right? Was and the place shut down? The place was shut down. He's locked in the store. So when you're locked in the store, the only way you can get out is like through a window on the second floor. And all the... Do, like they lock all the main rooms and the doors and stuff. So he said he woke up. It was freezing cold. He could see his breath. That's how cold it was. So he was just like, uh, he was just so uncomfortable. So he's like trying to sneak out to the belly room. And he says the whole time while he's trying to sneak out, he was just so creeped out. Cause he, he was like, it didn't, he was like, it felt like he was like, I didn't f see anybody or anything, but it felt like people were there talking Oh, but I just like, got the chills. But like really far away in the main room. I oh. was like, what do you mean? He was like, it sounded like someone was having a conversation, but you couldn't hear what they were saying. It sounded like they were like in the main room or somewhere else. It was like, like he was just like, I had to get it. It was oh. weird. Yeah. 
Everyone yeah. talks about the comedy store being haunted. Yeah. It's definitely haunted with all of our terrible bombs. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's haunted with all the ghosts of our com- comedian Christmas past. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I mean, I don't know. Are you big? Uh, do you believe in ghosts? I believe that there's got to be some other. Something. Something. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've seen some stuff where I can't explain it, mm-hmm. you know, but I definitely think. Mexicans hella believe in oh, ghosts. Oh, yeah. I mean, El Dia oh. de los Muertos. Oh, my God. You guys God. have a whole holiday dedicated yeah, yeah. to asking your dead relatives to come back 100%. and dance. They don't believe in mental health, but they hella believe in ghosts. <laughs> they believe in the mental health of ghosts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You guys created a holiday, a mental health ghost holiday. My fiance's uh, got her master's <laughs> psychology and she does like therapy now at like yeah. a hospital. And um, <laughs> like my mom and her will talk and my mom will just say wild shit. <laughs> and my fiance will just be like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like, what, what do I say to her? Like she was asking her about her job. And she was like, yeah, you know, there's, you know, people like she works with like, you know, people that are like having mental breakdowns. Yes. And, stuff. and like, so she was like, my mom was like, that's fascinating. So what do you do? Like, do you guys have like a priest on call? My mom was like, for what? She goes, well, how do you know it's not like a possession? And my fiance That's had... a good point. That's a good point. I mean, right? There could be an insidious moment. Yeah, yeah. We don't know. Uh, 100%. And then uh, my... They used to think they were possessed. Mental... Back yeah, in the day, yeah. mental illness, those were possessions. Yeah, yeah. My fiance was just like, I don't know. Like, she was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know how I uh, can answer she's that. Like, ah, they could know. be possessed. Yeah, maybe. Uh, she was like, they don't have one? Uh, we should look into it. It was just ridiculous. How do you so deal funny. with the possessions? Oh, my God. And then she was like, uh, she, my mom goes, when do you think we'll be doing, uh, like, therapy on, like, artificial intelligence? Your mom. Yeah. Did your mom smoke weed? Yeah. I was going to say, it sounds like your mom smokes weed. Yeah. <laughs> I want to chill with your mom and your yeah, dad. Yeah, she's, uh, yeah, I, I, my dream is for them to eventually move close to me so I could just do a podcast with them every You day. have to. I swear you need to do, like, a roast with your mom. Yeah. I, I, the, I had a podcast for a little bit, and I, the first two episodes was one with my mom and then one with my dad, and yeah. it was it was hilarious because me and my dad we like hung out we did podcasts and then we went to the store and like he came back and we were both fucking shit faced <laughs> and then Just, podcast oh again. yeah it was hilarious <laughs> he was like i fucking love you he was crying and shit it was adorable i love you too where oh, can yeah. my people find you uh frank c comedy on twitter frank castillo on instagram uh, and what about in life oh uh, at the comedy store there every tuesday and mondays um, but yeah, I'm usually just always at the comedy store. If not, I'm on ro- on the road. You have, you have any road dates coming up? Uh, yes, I'm gonna be going out with Mo Ammer in June and July. Um, I don't have the dates yet, but I know I, he just asked me, so I'm excited. I'll put them up. I'll put the details Dope. up. And then I'm gonna be with Polly Shore <laughs> at the end of this month in Sacramento and Chino and Reno. I think the 21st through the 24th. Weasel. Frank Castillo, everybody. Yeah. Costello. Frank, that's what my mom would say. Frank Costello, you're great. You're absolutely a great giant. Thanks for coming on the My podcast. pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Love you,